Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts and and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. Today I was reflecting on what can I do? What do I have to offer this community? What do I have to offer society at this stage of my life? And when I thought about those things, I realized that I have a lot to offer, but a lot of that offering could be thwarted by people who have issues. Issues of mistrust, issues of of, of reputation, so many issues that come into play that block people from being able to help students, help young people to prepare for their future. So I was thinking at the time about taking some stereo equipment to a local gym and give the students who are waiting or give the young people who are waiting the opportunity to learn how to DJ to learn how to mix music for those who are playing while they're waiting. And I realized that giving them that opportunity would encourage them to become more organized because it gives me the opportunity to talk about the organization of DJing. How do you decide what music you want to play? In what order? Who is your audience? It gives me a chance to impart that information onto this young group and give them the opportunity to plan for the next opportunity. And then I thought about a situation where I met a a gentleman who is the director of a gym. And I know his personality. If it is something that he isn't thinking about, if it's something that's beyond his control, he will deny the children in that gym the opportunity to learn something new. And when I thought about that situation, then I realized that we have the propensity to build and sometimes we hold each other back. Sometimes we keep children from growing. It could be your neighbors. It can be all of these things. So as I began to really think about this whole topic, I started going in so many different directions. I started thinking about when I was growing up. I grew up in segregation. And I grew up during legalized segregation. And that was a difference between legalized segregation and segregation. And the reason why I'm separating the two is because during legalized segregation, the children didn't know they were segregated unless they were just brilliant children. But the children didn't know they were segregated. The parents knew 
they were segregated because it was legal. Segregation is how we live today. We are segregated today. But not only are the children have this lack of understanding of what segregation is, but a lot of the parents don't realize that they are segregated. So the parents and the children are moving about not really understanding the community that they live in, the schools their children attend, those public schools, what, what is the ratio broken down by race? And when you say neighborhood schools, that the neighborhood school reflects the neighborhood. And some want to feel better because they know that there are 20 white kids at the school. And they say we have a diverse school. But the parents today don't realize that they're living during segregation. Now, we also have to talk about the civil rights movement. And we address the civil rights movement as if we are in a post-civil rights era. We are still talking about the same thing. We're talking about the right to vote. Just yesterday, the president, Biden, signed a law the anti-lynching law. Why would you have to sign a, an, an anti-lynching law if lynching was part of the past? So we know that the civil rights movement is still going on today. We do know that segregation still exists today. So during the period of legalized segregation, there was a big disparity amongst blacks and whites. But that is not the purpose of this episode. I just wanted to make those things a part of this backdrop. But when I talked about the propensity to build, I talked about how everything we did, we included others. That was a period of giving and receiving. We learned those values because we would give to each other. I would watch the women, the young ladies, I would watch them just during the time of maternity. They would give their clothing that they had when they were pregnant to somebody else who is pregnant. They would give the bottle warmer. They would give the baby bathtub. They would give the bottles. They would give everything they had when they were pregnant and as they were raising their children, they would give it to the next mom. And the next mom would receive it. That was just part of the neighborhood. That was just a part of life. It was a period of giving and receiving. And so when we went out to build something, it wasn't because we didn't have it. 
it wasn't because we didn't have something that was store-bought. It was because we had the creativity to build something when technology was not available. See, to, today technology is available. It's all on your phone. You have your camera, video, and still, and still camera. You have your stereo. You have the internet. You have your encyclopedias. You have YouTube. Technology is where you need it to be to be creative today. But we were building. We were constantly building during segregation because our creativity was far beyond the technology. So we were building bicycles. We were transforming and transforming the configuration of that bicycle by putting an extra fork on the front so that the, we would be higher off the ground in the front. It would be a raised front. We would change the handlebars and change that bike, the look of that bike. We would change our clothing. I remember my sisters having paper dolls. Paper dolls with paper clothing. And that was a tab for the clothing. And all you did was fold that tab over that paper doll and you could change the way they were dressed. That led some people to become designers. That led some people to pay attention to the configuration of the clothing and how that clothing would fit the body. All the way to the hairstyle. You would clip that hair onto that paper doll. If we wanted to build something, go-karts, we started out with disassembling our metal skates. And you would nail those skates to a board front and back so that you would be able to make a go-kart out of those skates. Then some of us became more advanced. We decided that we were no longer going to use skates and decided to use tricycle wheels. And we found a way to take a bar and run it from one side to the other get those tires on there one way or the other and we had larger tires which means we could cover a tougher terrain but we were figuring things out and we were figuring things out together if we wanted to try something new it was part of the community We had the propensity to build. It is so sad to see today that we might have the propensity to build, but there's a breakdown in the structure of our society. That you can't share it. People not willing to give and to receive. Now this past October, my son and I were talking. 
And during our conversation, I raised the issue of leaving a legacy. And I talked about a program where several people can come together and give a donation. And each month, we will turn around and give back to the community because that is not something you find that normally comes out of a black community or a black organization. He liked the idea. We started this nonprofit organization this past January of 2022. And we named this organization the Build Foundation. Now, I know a lot of you, just like me, you receive calls every day, all day, of different organizations asking you to donate $15 here, donate $25 here, donate $10 here. And you want to support each of those organizations. But if you give $20 here, $15 there, $10 there, and based on how times have changed, based on your budget, based on your economic status, regardless, that's a lot of money to give out if you decide to support all of those organizations. So we wanted to focus on an individual giving a set amount and you do that every month but we want to focus on having a large number of members and by having a large number of members then everyone can see how your money stretches and how your money works in the community when you have a large number of people coming together for a cause so with the Bill Foundation, it was designed for several people to give a small amount. And then all of a sudden, you can turn around and say, we're going to provide a grant to this crisis, to this situation. That is, un that is not a big deal in the African-American community. It's not something that we do. It's not something that we hear all the time where someone comes to our need not to our rescue it comes to our need of having something so in just a short period of time we have donated and we have committed ourselves to the homeless and to supporting teachers in public schools and this is a national movement the reason why I brought up Bill is because if you're really serious about giving, this is one of those organizations that makes it possible for you to make a donation, you know, down to a minimum of $5 and say, my $5 meshed in with 500 other people giving $5 or more and this is how much we raise every month and this is what we give out every month but that came from a value system 
that I grew up with. A value system that I actually share with my children. It's the propensity to build. For everything you do, it's just a natural thing to invite friends and family and, and, and people in the community to join in and make it work. But personalities, how I like someone, how I dislike someone, I'm not going to let you in. I'm not going to do that. It has become part of our society now. And when that comes into play, we don't give like we should. We don't build the way we should. But when we were living in legal segregation, we were willing to support each other because that is how we survived. That is how the community thrived. That's how we developed children to move on and become great things, to do great things. And we all could say the community played a part. The community had something to do with it. But now it's kind of difficult. And I'm measuring just as an individual. What can I give back? What impact impact can I make? How do I make these things happen? How can I bring someone else on board and remind some of how things used to be and to teach others how things can be if we just decide to work together or if we allow someone the opportunity to to introduce our children to something they need if you have the knowledge to educate people on money management shouldn't you make it available does it always have to cost money shouldn't you make it available to make sure that that next generation that younger generation of children know how to save know how to invest even when their parents don't know how to save or don't know how to invest that you can actually share your knowledge to children to teach them how to save and how to invest. If you have the knowledge on how to build an organization, shouldn't you share your knowledge? I was telling my wife the other day, I would love to teach young people how to DJ. So when their peers, when their peers turn 16 years old and they and they're going to have a 16, uh, the, what the 16th birthday, wouldn't it be greater to have 
one of their peers DJ in their party instead of having an old man, old woman there, adult man, adult woman DJing? Wouldn't it be nice to have that 16-year-old kid learning how to make their own money DJing at that party? And that the mother or father would be there to make sure that they are protected and that the parents will see that that 16-year-old DJ does have a mother and or father there to make sure that everything is okay. But I would prefer to have that 16-year-old and 19-year-old DJ there DJing for that age group. I would love to teach them photography. I would love to just encourage these these young people to do what they're doing anyway. Technology is with them. They're doing great things. But we had that propensity to build and it was selfless propensity to build. It was selfless because we were always asking somebody else to get involved. We were always asking someone else to be part of our success. As we are losing things, as we are losing values and traditions, as we are moving farther and farther away from family, I hope this episode will cause a lot of you to share this episode or to just bring up the subject. Do we have the propensity to build? And if you do, how are you building? Who are you bringing along with you? The civil rights era is not over. Regardless of how much money you make, regardless of your situation and your status, we still have a lot of things in common. And we still have a need to build, to bring others on board. I hope something came out of this episode. I hope it meant something. You all know that I love you. And until next time, be good.